Uh, well, some somebody paid somebody paid a hundred thousand dollars for a banana that was duct taped to a wall. <laughs> so, so come on, you know. I mean, there's definitely somebody that's going to buy that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at this. From a decentralized location, this is the crypto effect. Hey guys, welcome back to the crypto effect. Today is March second and it's been another crazy week in crypto um i feel like i say that every week and i'm sure you know i'll probably continue to say that for weeks to come but it has been another crazy week uh, more drops in bitcoin and of course the the rest of our altcoins um and just a lot of new technology come to the forefront so i'm actually here with warren uh warble and uh, we're going to talk about several topics today. We're going to talk about ORN, which is one of the greatest new altcoin products or tokens that are coming out. Very exciting stuff about that. We're going to talk about um, uh, Beeple and what's been going on with his NFT projects. And we're going to get into uh, a few more items about uh, the Bitcoin drop and some of the other altcoin drops that we've been seeing. So um, to start off the topic today, uh, we are going to probably go and start off with ORN staking calculator. So this is Orion's new product. Um, Warble, how are you doing today? Good, good. How are you doing, Brad? Oh, pretty good. So, um, you know, one of the new things coming out, ORN. Uh, this has been a topic, a hot topic this week. I don't know why all of a sudden, maybe because of this new calculator tool. But yeah, can you explain this to me? Yeah, so I think what people are seeing with, especially when Orion announced their calculators, I think people are seeing the crazy opportunities on staking returns. Uh -huh. And um, <clears throat> so they did they did release their calculator. And in some cases, there were there were people that were, you know, trying it out, plugging numbers in, and uh, you know, the returns on some of these um, examples were in the thousands. And what's interesting about Orion, which really kind of makes me excited for its launch, is the fact that because of the nature of how that platform works and it provides, it's able to reach into um, centralized exchange, decentralized exchanges, and grab all that liquidity and pull it into one platform. Um, as you can imagine, if there's a large transaction volume, then the rewards for staking on the platform grows. And so because they're pulling in liquidity from a variety of exchanges, the volume on that, you know, on that combined liquidity is going to be huge. And the higher that gets, the more staking rewards that you get. Um, mm. So people are so people are very excited about this because it has a huge potential on return. Um, in a second, I'll we'll just play around with it and kind of illustrate you know, those, some of those returns. Um, but I think there's a lot of incentive for um, people that are holding Orion protocol. And again, the ticker on that is ORN, um, but there's a lot of incentive for ORN holders at this point, uh, simply because of that staking return. Um, but they're also offering things like LBP. Uh, they're, they're offering things like DEX kit. And um, there's uh, a couple of other areas that they've talked about potentially offering. Um, but it'll it, time will tell as they before they launch their platform. I'm sure we'll hear more and more rumors. But uh, they've already signed on multiple uh, partnerships as well. So it'll be exciting. So 
so what you've got up there, Brad, is you've got the what we've been mentioning, the staking calculator. Mm -hmm. And the way that they start this out in their default setting is you can toggle these back and forth. Um, but the daily volume is set to 10 million. Um, and where it becomes interesting is if you plug in down where it says your orange state, if you just plug in, say, 100, mm -hmm. um, and it looks like they've got a default value of 100 in there now. Um, but with their default values, um, with 100 staked, you would receive $533 worth of ORN on a one-month basis. One. <laughs> which is just absolutely amazing. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, and they do have a lockup period. You can see there's the one month, there's the one week, and then you can choose to not lock it up at all. And if you choose to not lock it up, obviously your incentives go down. Um, right. But the interesting thing that I that caught my eye about this this uh, platform is if you toggle the um, the daily volume so that it matches uh, one inch, match one inch, uh -huh. you can all of a sudden see that more volume. Wow! Brings a lot higher rewards. Holy smacks! That's crazy. That's crazy. So I just moved the the volume, the product, the protocol daily volume indicator of what o Orion's doing today to what one inch is doing today. And it shows a increase of five. Am I reading that right? You are reading that right. Yeah. The APY on that is 337,000%. <laughs> So obviously, uh, you know, that is a, a huge number. Now, one thing you got to keep in mind is, is that when the popularity of ORN uh, grows, so is the amount that's going to be staked. So Absolutely. It's probably yeah. going to be a little bit more uh, than 1 million. The more people that get involved, uh, you're going to have to start splitting those rewards. Um, so, you know, if we probably matched uh, one inch, um, it probably be something more similar to that but even even there you're still looking at some crazy rewards at over a, nearly a thousand dollars a month yes in staking rewards and that's with one inch volume so if you drag that over to match sushi swap yeah you can 3, see that 000. that increases up to 249 percent apy yeah those are huge huge rewards for staking your Orion. This makes me want to jump into Orion today. Yes. And this is exactly why people are, are buying it up like crazy. And this is why the price now is, is sitting at about $14.50. Yeah. I mean, for anyone that doesn't understand what staking is, it's, it's basically, you know, when you buy your tokens, it goes into your wallet, whether it be your online wallet or your hardware wallet. Um, it's yours to keep. You can hang on to it and, and let it grow. Uh, you can sell it back for cash. You can do whatever, you know, you want with it. Now, staking is basically putting the token back onto the blockchain and letting the blockchain use your tokens, um, you know, to for fees. Uh, so that way it's kind of like a maker model, just like when there's a maker in, uh, in, in investments, uh, you are the market maker um, in the blockchain. And by allowing that, uh, you make profits off the fees. And, you know, we, when you're saying, hey, yeah, you can borrow uh, my tokens for almost what basically zero risk 
and I'll take the fee for it. And those, those fees got up to three thousand plus dollars a month. Um, it's a no brainer. And it just it blows my mind because if you look at if you look at what this is the exciting part. If you look at what Orion is trying to accomplish, um, and you think about it in terms of what these other exchanges are doing right now, so these other decentralized exchanges like One Inch, Uniswap, mm -hmm. um, they are they are their own exchange, right? So they they don't have the liquidity, they don't have anything beyond what their own platform has for liquidity, um, and so when you when you have something like Orion protocol that can reach in and grab the liquidity of all of these other exchanges, you mm -hmm. have a massive amount of volume. And that is the exciting part. Um, yeah. and, that, and that is why I think um, Orion, if, if you are in Orion now, I recommend taking a look at it and at least picking up some. Um, you know, they're at about, I want to say they're probably at about 1450, somewhere around there. Um, but it is, it is going to be a solid, uh, definitely a solid pick, uh, for yeah. 2021. Yeah, they are at 1562. Now they were, they were at 1450 before we like started the podcast. So, I mean, within the last hour, they have jumped, uh, they've been doing that all week, kind of an up and down, uh, during, when they dropped down to 1040, that was a huge buying opportunity that I did not take that I actually regret at this point. Um, yeah. But yeah, 1568, I think even there still, uh, like you mentioned to me when we first started talking about this, still probably a great price because uh, once this does get released, um, you know, they're showing a market price of $100. That's on that's intentional is because they probably intend on it going there. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I would be great value. Yeah, I would be I would be really surprised if we don't see Orion hit at least a hundred dollars sometime in 2022, if not sooner. I mean, it's it's um, it's a solid pick for sure, and uh, yeah. I think it's I think it's going to be big for 2021 and into 2022. I think it's going to be a solid a solid thing to have in your portfolio. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Wow, that's going to be huge, guys. So yeah, definitely look at Orion ORM uh, token. Um, I think it's got great value. Obviously, the staking rewards are going to be huge. And I love their platform. It's just so clean. Wow. It is. It's it's great. They put a lot of work into it. Yeah. So a lot of obviously a lot of money behind it. This thing's going nowhere. Uh, it looks like it, it'll probably have nothing but upside. Uh, so definitely jump in. Obviously, if you can get 100, that's a great, uh, that'd be really great opportunity or value for you. But um, I will probably pick up a little bit for myself there in the future. All right. Great call out on Orion. Um, so we're going to move on now to MicroStrategy has purchased an additional. Uh, so we're going to talk about MicroStrategy. This one I have not really looked into that much, but it looks like they acquired another additional 19,452 Bitcoins for $1.02 billion. Yeah, MicroStrategy. Yeah, MicroStrategy. And the reason I, <clears throat> I thought it was worth mentioning it is because they just continue to accumulate. And uh, Michael Saylor is just, you know, he, he doesn't care what the price is. Um, you, you can clearly go back and take a look at his different purchasing um, choices. And it doesn't matter if Bitcoin's at 50,000, doesn't matter if it's at 55,000, 
or if it's back down to 30,000, uh, Michael Saylor, I think, has made a plan to continue to accumulate Bitcoin. And they've clearly, they've done it. I mean, they've continued to purchase it at a, at a regular clip. And so recently, um, you know, this additional 19,452 Bitcoin, uh, which is around, you know, roughly at the time of purchase was roughly around 1.026 billion in cash. Mm -hmm. um, with an average price of $52,765 per Bitcoin. Wow. Um, so as of uh, February 24th, MicroStrategy, um, and this is directly from Michael Saylor, he said MicroStrategy now holds 90,531 Bitcoins. Wow. And when they acquired that, um, and if you do the average on that, that's, that's a roughly 2.17 billion um, worth of Bitcoin that they're holding. That's crazy. And That's here's wild. why, and here's why dollar cost averaging is important. And this is why I said it before. So if you take, this is the interesting thing. If you take micro strategies, average price that they've, they've acquired Bitcoin, mm -hmm. their average price of acquiring Bitcoin is $23,985 per Bitcoin. Yeah because uh, Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy sort of kicked off that big buying spree, mm -hmm. um, you know, back when Bitcoin was around, I think it was just over 20,000. Uh, it was about 24,000, I think, when they purchased. And so, you know, their average price is $23,000 per Bitcoin. It's yeah. impressive. It really is. So their, their dollar cost averaging to the, uh, from a billionaire's perspective, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're buying uh hundreds of millions of dollars as it continues to grow i mean I, i'll buy two or three hundred dollars worth as it continues to grow and, and i hope to see you know uh, pretty good amounts as i as i get there but these guys are buying in the hundreds of millions of dollars per per breakout that it has um and then giving them a dollar cost average lower than even if they bought it higher yeah they're buying at fifty-two thousand per um, but because they've had so many and they've been dollar cost averaging, their average cost is now at 22, um, which, you know, gives them more than a hundred percent run, even in, with this week's drop. So, uh, obviously, you know, uh, they're, they're expecting continued growth. Yeah. And I think, and I think you're going to see the same exact thing. And, um, we, we, you and I both have talked on the show about the fact that you see bitwise investments, um, you know, and, and they're acquiring more and more alternative currents, cryptocurrencies like Ethereum and um, Uniswap and things like that. So it's not just Bitcoin, um, you know, MicroStrategies really sort of uh, pinned back their ears and went after Bitcoin, but, you know, Bitwise Invest is going after some of the alternatives as well. So mm -hmm. I, you know, not only Bitcoin that's being scooped up, but we're seeing it now uh, as time has gone on, we've seen it with other um, more emerging uh, cryptocurrencies as well. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it just it just it reaffirms everything that I like. I've already been telling myself that I've been telling myself for the last year is that this isn't going anywhere. Um, no, it absolutely isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, I, I love that. Actually, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into this uh, segment real quick because it. it it kind of rides on that same wave. Um, 
about the Bitcoin sell-off. You know, so an article came out came out on uh, Coin Telegraph. Uh, what was it? I think a couple of days ago. Um, and of course, we did see a dip today on March second. So you know, three days later. But um, you know, there, there's indications that the Bitcoin sell-off that we saw on the 27th, 28th to 42 was the bottom. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're showing that Bitcoin is, has retested uh, the support levels of 44 to 45 uh, over the last uh, week. And, and the reason it was tested, it was tested three times and then it bounced off of it um, and then growing to new support levels, meaning that that, that 44 level is its new bottom uh, because it, it, it's the new support level. So every time it hits it, um, mass amounts of people are, are rushing in to buy because it's, it's looked at as a new low. Um, so uh, there, there, you know, we, we, what we're showing here is that the, the, there was a brief dip uh, below 44,000, which I was, thankfully, I was able to grab some at 42. Um, and then uh, it, it bounced right back up and, and jumped right back up. And what the analysts are saying is that, you know, a lot of the reasons that the, uh, we're seeing these, these drops have mainly been because of miners. Um, a lot of miners have been selling their outflows, uh, creating these huge uh, dips um, and then, of course, U.S. institutional investors and BTC Wells uh, coming in to scoop them up. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, the institutional investors, <clears throat> I think we were talking about this last show, is they're going to continue to buy whatever they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, I mean, the, the exchanges aren't, aren't really, you know, the, the amount of um, Bitcoin on the exchanges is continuously decreasing as well. Um, so it becomes a, a liquidity crisis. And right. so, you know, institutional investors are seeing that and they're saying, you know, we've got to scoop up what we can when we get these dips and they do. Right, right. So, yeah, so what the data analytics, uh, so they're saying that the uh, spent output profit ratio has been seen a full reset. So basically a lot of the uh, outflows that have been occurring from these miners, the miners are running out. They can mm-hmm. no longer create um, manufactured dips. So that that support level of 44 that has been manufactured by huge outflows uh, can no longer be created um, by the miner. Now, could we potentially see it from a well? Possibly, possibly. Could we see it to that extent over long periods of time like that, which would create this kind of a dip? Probably not. We'd probably see a single uh, dip. And right now, there really isn't any institutions that are willing to get rid of their Bitcoin. So I don't really see that happening. So I do think that we probably did see uh, the, the last this last week of dips uh, going down to 42, probably hitting uh, our new bottom. Um, and as you can see, we've been over the last two or three days, uh, we've seen support at like 46, 47. Uh, and then coming back up to 49. So I think I think we are about to probably level out, maybe, um, yeah. and then start to increase back over again. Yeah, so I, I would get into that segment after we were just talking about the micro strategy. Yeah, for sure. I would I would definitely agree. I think we've I think we've hit bottom um, this time around. 
Yeah. All right. So we're going to go ahead and jump back uh, into uh, Beeple's art collection. This was, now this was a, a talk, uh, this was a story, a huge story of last week. Digital artist Beeple um, sells his art collection. And I believe his art collection went up for like five minutes or something like that. It was, it was, yeah, I think it was around five minutes and it had already gotten some staggering bids. Um, so, how, it's an impressive it's a it's a super impressive art collection um it I is it, you know so so it isn't it's comprised of five thousand unique pieces which um you know to me in and of itself i mean i you know i was a i was an art major in college and so for me to see something like this being digitized and actually an artist having control over the distribution of this is just it's awesome because in the past, you know, if artists wanted to distribute their artwork or, you know, profit off of their artwork, they had to go through a middleman. You know, they mm -hmm. didn't really have the control over the distribution. And the fact that artists these days can do that with NFTs, which we, we, we continue to hear more about. And it seems like as of late, that's been the, the hot topic is, has been the, the NFTs and putting artwork on the blockchain. And for artists to have that empowerment is just uh, is a fantastic thing. And the reason that I thought this was was so cool is the fact that you have somebody that's taken a 5,000 day collection and actually digitized it and, and put it in, and made that available for as an NFT. And to me, that is just um, that that's just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, um, if, if you go on to Beep, I think Beeple has this on its website. You can go, uh, you can definitely check it, or you can just probably Google uh, Beeple's 5,000, first 5,000 days. He took 5,000 pieces of his artwork that he's done over several years, and he put it all into one giant NFT. Or not, I say giant. I don't know how big it is, but it's just one giant piece of artwork that has all his little art pieces in this layout um and it sold for 1.8 million yeah and um and in fact brad the um the so this was every single day for 14 years um that this artwork was produced um and that is just that's a that's crazy to me yeah. um and so one of the things i did see was um so it's every days um, has been called. So that that was the name of the the um, collection. It was every days, uh -huh. and so it, it has been called one of the most unique bodies of work to emerge in the history of digital art. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people's no joke. This guy's been around apparently for a while. I I haven't followed him for that long. Um, I probably first read about him a few months ago, but. Uh, you know, this is only one of his pieces of art uh, that is, of course, it's 5,000 pieces, but, um, you know, he put it together as a collection as one piece. Um, and it sold for for $2 million. And I mean, it's, it's an impressive piece. I'm looking at it right now. And if you're, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it right now. It's very impressive. Just if you got into the, the details of it, you could see how impressive it is. It's hard to see its impressiveness. I just look at like what looks like you know a bunch of cutouts, but the art itself is very impressive. And then he sold what I think another ten pieces. Yes, I, I believe it was ten other pieces as well. Yeah, he sold another ten pieces of his art. Each one 
going for an average of $750,000. Like this piece right here. I think this one was at 700 and something thousand, but I mean. It's very inspiring. It um, is very inspiring. This is digital art. Like, so I, I, for the longest time, I had such a huge problem understanding how digital art could go for this kind of money. I didn't understand it. Um, well, and you, you know, and I saw, uh, I saw there was a discussion that was happening. I believe it was on um, Clubhouse. They were talking about this and they, you know, somebody had was playing devil's advocate and said, well, you know, of course, through the argument out there, well, how, how, what, what if I just copy and paste this? You know, yeah. what if I just make a copy of it? Well, sure, you can do that. You can mm -hmm. go into an art museum if you're allowed to take a picture of the Mona Lisa. Mm -hmm. and you have a copy of it but you don't own the original right. and when you think about it in terms of Beeple, he is a this is digital art that he produced mm -hmm. you know you can take a copy of it but you don't actually own what was auctioned right and that's the big difference here and there's plenty of there's plenty of art dealers and collectors that go to a gallery or they go and they purchase, they go to these auctions and they purchase art and they, they leave it in a, uh, they leave it in a room covered and nobody ever sees it. Yeah. But the reason they have it is because they either think it's going to one day, you know, 20 or 30 years from now, it's going to be triple its value mm -hmm. or it's just, they can claim, Hey, I own this. This is something I own. It's a status symbol. Wow. And so I think NFTs, um, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of attention, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are saying, you know, they're just a fad. They're kind of like the beanie babies, uh, you know, of their time. And I don't think so. I, I really think they're here to stay. I think they have value. Um, and I think that it's going to continue to increase yeah. uh, as time goes on. It's just, a, it's a really amazing um, well, concept. Yeah. Beeple did something that I've, I've not seen any other NFT creator do before. Now, first off, NFTs, um, you don't just get the, the PNG file and, and then that's it. You got this little file and, and you're, you know, it's done. A lot of times the NFT is part of the blockchain. So, you know, if you were ever to lose um, that file, you can give them um, your blockchain address and he could resend you uh, that NFT back. So it actually holds an address. Um, on the blockchain, which is pretty cool. So that's how they're able to authenticate that it's an original. Um, but the second part about that is, is that Beeple, uh, apart from other NFTs, is he actually sent um, his clientele, whoever purchased these pieces of art, uh, not only an actual print of the art, uh, but a digital uh, authentication uh, blockchain code um that you can plug in and and uh it, it's it was a whole utility you can probably do um people art uh, unboxing or something and find this but it's really cool so um yeah definitely you know i, I for me seven hundred fifty thousand, no but for our collectors yeah it totally makes sense and i think uh, nfts is probably going to be the arts of the future yes uh, well, some, somebody paid somebody paid a hundred thousand dollars for a banana that was duct taped to a wall. <laughs> so, so come on, you know. I mean, there's definitely somebody that's going to buy that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at this. This the the work he did is is <laughs> pretty good. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good stuff. He's a good. He's definitely good at what he does. I wish I uh, could 
dream up some of this stuff, but. Um, so keep an eye on NFTs. I mean, definitely yeah. keep an eye on NFTs. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing interesting things happen with NFTs right now too, with, with sports card collectors. Um, there's NBA top shots. Uh, that's another one I, I continue to see is that people are starting to collect these sports cards as NFTs. And um, instead of me sending you, Brad, a physical card, I'm, I'm actually just trading you my NFT. Um, and you're saying, hey, you know what? There's a lot of people that want that. So I'll buy that from you for one Ethereum and <clears throat> we're good to go. You know, we've made that trade. Yeah. You turn around and you hold it for a year and then it's worth two Ethereum because, you know, the, the demand for that card has gone up. And um, we're also seeing that people are wrapping, um, and I've seen this in it, and this is where I started to get a little bit more interested, is that there are some tokens that are actually being wrapped on these NFTs. So you can stake your NFT. Yeah, I've seen some of that staking of NFTs. I don't understand what the reward is um, or how there could be a reward on an NFT for stake NFTs, but... I have to look into that a little bit more. I don't understand it myself. I think it's what it is. It's, a, it's an incentive to hold on to it. Um, so just as is the incentive for staking um, any coin right now mm -hmm. is that as long as I have that coin in my wallet, I'm sort of helping to validate the underlying okay. blockchain transactions. Mm -hmm. But if I hold on to this NFT, that NFT is is being is it's not moving. It's it's keeping its value because it's becoming rare. It's hard. To, it's not being traded actively. It's not be. It's not part of the liquidity. It's something that's sit, it's sitting in a wallet. And so the incentive is that that stays with the original owner, or it stays with one owner or two owners. Right. Um, it's it's just an interesting thing, and I think we're going to see a lot more with NFTs as time goes on. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, let's jump into the next uh, part here. So Coindesk uh, posted that the DeFi exchange one inch expands to the Binance smart chain, citing Ethereum gas, uh, gas fees. Uh, so one inch um, DeFi, which is an exchange that's main, that was mainly based on the Ethereum blockchain has now um, started adoption of Binance smart chain aggregation so that's actually interesting because for the first time ever i used one inch for binance swaps today and that was i, I didn't even know they did it um and so uh I, I did it today and you know what i got the best fees i've ever i've gotten across all the other platforms oh yeah it, it's binance is is becoming it, it, dare I say this because I know I'm gonna I possibly might catch a lot of crap for it, but Binance is 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 quickly becoming one of my favorite chains right now. Um, it is quickly becoming the most popular um, everywhere. As a matter of fact, I think most of the videos I've been watching now, people are hopping onto the Binance chain fast. They absolutely are, and. I think it would be worth um, uh, illustrating for the viewers why this is, is so important. Um, and so I am going to share my screen here okay. just for a second. Um, and this will kind of hopefully show you guys why I think Brad and I are so bullish on 
um, on this being now on the Binance Smart Chain. All right, here we go. Okay. Okay, so as, as you may notice here, I'm on one inch, but the thing I wanted you to pay attention to is the fact that right now I'm on the Ethereum blockchain. Uh-huh. Okay, so just to illustrate, um, let's assume for a second that I wanted to swap one Ethereum for day on one inch. Right. Um, it, it is a stable coin. Yep. So it, it is obviously telling me I do not have, you know, I have insufficient balance for this. But what I wanted you to pay attention to here is the fee. $26.42. So, so the fee, yeah, the fee is, as you guys know, if you've used Ethereum and the Uniswap, one inch, any of these DEXs, you'll notice the fee is always uh, outrageous. And in fact, I've seen it a lot higher than that, but oh, that yeah. is that is a typical fee. Yeah. Now, to illustrate the same thing, um, it may they may be different uh, tokens, but I just want to illustrate for you just a second here. If I switch over to the Binance Smart Chain, uh -huh. <clears throat> I, and, I get that error too, but it still works. So I didn't um, well, and I need to switch over here to Binance Smart Chain. Oh, maybe that's why I did it anyways, and it still works. And Maybe's so. I am swapping here from BNB to one inch token, uh -huh. 62 cents. <laughs> um, uh, so clearly, uh, clearly, you know, we have an issue with Ethereum's scalability. Um, yeah. and, and I'm certainly not picking on, I don't, I don't want to pick on Ethereum at all. I, I love Ethereum. I think it's a fantastic project. Yeah. Um, but man, the fees, you know, this, it's just hard to not make the case for Binance Smart Chain. And again, not, not to make this a Binance Smart Chain conversation, but One Inch has been a fantastic platform, uh -huh. but it's not getting the, it, unfortunately, since it, it was on Ethereum for the longest time, it wasn't getting the attention, I don't think, that it, it will get now with yeah. it being on Binance Smart Chain. Yeah, I, I heard someone was talking about, they were like, oh, you know, one inch by far has the best fees you could possibly imagine. There's no way anyone else has beaten them. And I thought, no, not true, not true. I've been over to Uniswap and I've been over to Pancake and they get great fees. And, and you know what? I was like, you know what? I'm going to check out one inch today. I'm going to check it out. I just want to see if that's true. Sure enough, I saved, I think, um, on a Binance swap, which is already cheap. Right. Yep. It was like, I think it was maybe like a 90 cent swap. The swap cost me like six cents. So I ended up saving like 90 cents, like almost a dollar. So I was like, wow, these are really cheap fees. Oh, absolutely. And and that is one of the things one inch is, is a fantastic uh, aggregator. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's able to go out and say, hey, give me the best price. Um, and that is one thing uh, that, you know, obviously Uniswap can't do because it is Uniswap is is Uniswap itself. You know, that's doesn't go out and do any aggregation. Um, and so, you know, this kind of brings us full circle back to the uh, the Orion discussion that we had earlier in that um, Orion is is essentially going to be a, an aggregator. Um, however, interestingly, it's not going to just touch decentralized exchanges. It's actually going to be able to not only grab those, but it's also going to be able to grab centralized exchanges like Coinbase, um, Bitrix, Kraken, 
so it's going to actually be able to pull all of those exchanges in along with Uniswap, mm -hmm. um, PancakeSwap, and uh, Joldex and pull all those together and say, hey, give me the best price you can possibly give me. Yeah. I'm meanwhile, you know, meanwhile, it's, um, it, it, it's also going to allow people that are, again, as we said at the beginning of the show, it's going to allow you to stake your Orion, pro, or your Orion uh, coins against that liquidity. So it's just yeah. amazing. Yeah, really a lot of exciting things going on in Binance right now. There, it's, no, it's not, you know, it's so obvious why these uh, aggregators or the exchanges are jumping onto the Binance bandwagon so quickly the traffic volume moving over is intensely heavy uh so i'm sure there's probably a lot of pressure to get this done there's a lot of money that's being missed out on um and of course that's going to add pressure onto the erc20 or ethereum blockchain to figure out what they're going to do because they're right. losing profits going out the wazoo so they really need to get this under control i you know i'd really love to use both blockchains i love both um they both have a lot of great tokens, a lot of great projects going on. Uh, but right now, for it's like uh, if you're doing swap, uh, you know, if you're doing a lot of swapping, uh, if you're doing a lot of staking or pools, Binance is where it's at by far. Plus, their tokens are just going through the roof right now. So, oh, they absolutely are. Yeah, it's um, it's it's worth checking out. If if nothing else, it's worth checking out. I think one of the worst things that you can do. Um, is become a maximalist. I really suggest, you know, be a little bit open and say, you know what, it's worth at least checking it out. Um, and if you're on the other side of that and, and Ethereum gets their gas fees under, uh, you know, get them handled, mm -hmm. you know, and you've always been on Binance Smart Chain, check out Ethereum, you know. Um, it's worth looking at the, the alternative blockchains because every one of them has something unique to offer. Yeah. Yep, I agree. So yeah, uh, one inch um, now on the Binance Smart Chain, uh, hedging its bets on Ethereum's ability to handle more transaction volume. Um, yeah, so that's that's really interesting. I'm I'm definitely a one inch fan now. So that'll be I'll be uh, probably using them uh, quite a, quite a bit more than I have been in the past. For sure, yeah, definitely. All right, so moving on to here uh, for the next, or actually our last topic of the day, um, I was going to bring up uh, Ethereum and, you know, speaking of Ethereum, <laughs> Ethereum now being available um, on Amazon managed blockchain. Um, so AWS or Amazon Web Services uh, is now offering the ability to provision Ethereum nodes um, on the AWS testnet or mainnet. So um, that's really interesting, which basically, uh, I was gonna try to share my screen here. Why, why is this always here? Hold on. All right, here we go, share my screen. Uh, so yeah, now Amazon Web Services uh, offering the ability for probably, I, you know, I'm guessing companies um, like um, Kraken or Binance or, or whomever uh, wants to own their own Ethereum node um, is allowing uh, AWS to be used for uh, blockchain. Uh, so which is pretty interesting that, you know, again, another huge company um, sort of jumping in, kind of jumping into the blockchain game, you know? 
they're basically saying, hey, you know, we, we believe in this service. We'll allow you to use our service um, for, you know, these transactions. Um, you know, and so I think that's uh, really a big deal. And, and one of the reasons I, I, I do know about this, this article actually just came out today. Uh, but one of the reasons I know about this is because I was transferring the first time I used KuCoin, I was transferring over uh, like a thousand dollar. I don't, never mind how much. <laughs> I was transferring <laughs> over a pretty good amount of tokens. Um, I, I believe from Coinbase over to KuCoin. My traction, my transaction never made it. Uh, usually, you know, you wait five minutes, 10 minutes. The transaction after like 10 hours never showed up. So I was freaking out. And so I actually got a hold of KuCoin. You know, they do have a support. They have pretty nice support. So you just dial it in their support or, or email them or whatever. Um, they did have like a little text back and forth service. Um, and I found out they said that our AWS server went down. Mm -hmm. And so that I was like, what do you wait? You're using Amazon Web Services for your blockchain nodes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I didn't actually know that that, would, that that was how they were doing it. Um, so that, you know, that's actually probably not such a good announcement for AWS services, uh, that their nodes were going down, causing transactions. They did get it back up. There was apparently a huge, uh, you know, hardware server glitch. The money was not lost. It took about 18 hours to reach into my account, which was unfortunate, but, um, they did give it back up and the transaction was there as soon as they did get it back up. Um, but nevertheless, uh, still a big announcement because, um, Jeff Bezos is stopped stepping down and uh, the, the new CEO is Andy Jassy. Now, Andy Jassy, uh, he actually previously before the CEO position oversaw the company's crypto product offerings. So this is apparently something uh, that he's venturing, which means that Amazon, uh, Andy Jassy is in the, in the crypto game. He's in the biz. I think Amazon's going to be next on the list for crypto investment that's uh, a really interesting purchasing, probably purchasing uh amazon goods with crypto oh that would be sweet i mean could you imagine what's going to happen if Am you can buy your amazon products with bitcoin or or anything that that's that's really cool that's going to be huge. Uh, so I think, you know, that's, uh, I'm reading a lot into, you know, AWS is being used for blockchain, but I think this, the Jeff Bezos stepping down and Andy Jassy coming into the CEO position and he really, he was the company's crypto product offerings manager or whatever he was. Uh, I, I think that's the writing on the wall. So he's like, yeah, go ahead, use our services. Uh, I believe in blockchain. He wants it. He wants, uh, I think he's going to jump in. So, uh, you know, someone's new in charge. I think we're going to see a lot from that. Who knows what we're going to see. Uh, that, that may open some crazy doors, uh, which completely change the crypto game. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of wonder too, if Amazon will end up coming out with uh, some sort of token of their own. Um, yeah that people would be able to invest in, or not even just invest in, but to use to purchase on amazon.com. True. 
And uh, that could potentially be something that we may see. Um, or, you know, they may get into the NFT game like we were talking about earlier. Maybe they tokenize, uh, tokenize certain goods and services. Who knows? Um, yeah. The one thing that kind of stands out to me with your story here is, um, and, it, and it makes me a little nervous, I guess. Um, I think it's great what Amazon's doing, but I'm going back to the infrastructure piece. Um, you know, I think Amazon's doing it because they're seeing more and more decentralized finance applications that are coming on. Um, you know, everything from sports betting to NFTs to mm -hmm. casinos to whatever, you, you know, you can imagine. I mean, that seems to be happening. Um, but obviously they, they see that there's a need for that infrastructure, that there's going to be more of a need for these companies to host their infrastructure, you know, their nodes. And um, the thing that concerns me, though, is if all of these Ethereum nodes, for example, are all hosted at Amazon, mm -hmm. um, is it truly decentralized? Um, you know, I kind of, I kind of want to, want to make the case for, you know, if if in traditional sense, you know, these nodes were hosted by you and I, um, which they still are. Um, and they're not hosted in, in lar these large data centers. Do they, do they become, are they in a sense more decentralized? Because well, I have one in my house, you have one in your house. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Bob and Andy have one in their houses, you know, yeah. so, so they're not in the Amazon central uh, server farm. And so that's, that's the one thing that makes me a little nervous um, because Amazon would then have the power to shut to centralize it and shut down, potentially yeah. shut down a blockchain um, by taking it offline. Yeah, I mean, so they're, they're allowing the use of the AWS node, but Amazon's not managing the node. Um, they right. probably manage the hardware. They'll probably manage the server itself as far as aspect of operational running, uh, you know, memory, server staying up times, things like that. That's what I kind of get a sense of. Mm -hmm. They're not actually managing uh, the operations of the decentralization of the software. Right, yeah, no, I get that. I'm just thinking, you know, I'm just thinking if like their data center goes down, sure. Um, you know, it, it sort of takes out a large chunk of potential nodes that are trying to transact. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and, and I don't think it would happen. be, yeah, and I don't think it would be a malicious thing, you know, by any means, but I just think it's one of those things where it run, you run the risk of having that um, more of a central point of failure if right, right. the Amazon infrastructure goes down. Yeah, well, it's an interesting concept. Uh, I will tell you, KuCoin is using it. <laughs> so, well, that's a good know. example, you know, that's a good example. Mm -hmm. So KuCoin, obviously suffered a little bit because they, you know, it slowed their transactions down because mm -hmm. there were issues with Amazon's infrastructure. So yeah. I kind of think about it in terms of uh, a blockchain depending on it to, um, for me to send you from point A to point B to send tokens, you know, what if it's, it, it's just a thought that I have that makes me a little nervous. I do by all means, I think it's fantastic that Amazon is getting more into this um, and really what caught my attention was um, what you had mentioned. Um, and, I, and I did a little bit of dabbling at one point in, um, uh, in Ethereum development. And, and I did just because I was interested. 
And, um, you know, they, they used to, as you saw in that article, they did offer the, the Robson test network, um, the Rinkby test network, um, which is one thing because that's just, just me testing a smart contract. Um, but when you get back and you look at them actually hosting uh, mainnet Ethereum nodes, that, that's a little bit, that, that makes me nervous. Yeah. Well, we'll see what comes of it. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, if there's an issue, the community is going to discover it. Um, and we'll see what, uh, you know, the community has the vote. That's what makes it decentralized. So, you know, let's see, I'll have to see how it pans out. Um, right now, it, it seems to just be based on the, the web service itself, which is literally just uh, the use of their software and the node. Uh, most of the manageability of the actual functions and, and everything within the server is, is usually uh, not in, you know, a corporate product or a corporate uh, responsibility. So yeah, uh, we'll be see, we'll see how it comes up. We'll probably have to stay up with uh, the, the discussion and see what Andy does. Um, yeah, I, I do think it's a very, um, very positive though. A hundred percent agree that, you know, the CEO, Jeff Bezos stepping out and mm -hmm. Andy stepping in. Yeah, agree a hundred percent. That's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens uh, with Amazon. Yeah. Well, that actually wrapped up uh, my list of topics for today. And I think your list, uh, Warble, unless you got something else that you'd like to discuss. Uh, we do have the cool crypto gear. I don't know if you've got anything uh, you want to talk about or any final thoughts. Uh, the only thing, I guess the only thing I wanted to mention to close out um, is uh, a really cool um, project that I think is going to get more and more attention as time goes on. And, and both Brad and I have discovered it this past, uh, this past couple days is something called Value DeFi. Um, both of us, have, <laughs> both of us have, have been looking at this product and saying, wait, is this real? <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> right now um, they have a variety of different options um, for you can, they're called V farms. And, um, mm -hmm. and right now, uh, Brad, I think Brad and I are both in the, um, in the VB swap in BNB, WBNB um, V farm, which has a 2200% return rate um, APR. Uh, and uh, share this. yeah, this. absolutely. It's just, it is just a, um, it is an amazing platform yeah. and it is running on um, also running on Binance smart chain. And in addition to that, they, um, they do run on Ethereum's mainnet as well. But yeah. um, I just wanted to mention it because um, I, you know, you really should check it out. It's yeah. um, it does seem like it's too good to be true that the type of returns, but I can, I can tell you that um just from using it, the returns that they estimate are actually accurate. So yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, I'm not here to give a financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, but uh, me myself, I, I have taken a high interest in the value DeFi when Warble brought it to my attention. Um, they do have a Binance. So if this is in the left, you know, this little thing in the left corner here, that's the Binance Smart Chain icon. So we are actually on the Binance Smart Chain using this. And this is one of their farms. They're, they've got multiple farms, but one of their farms, if you'll notice, which one farm sticks out the most, right? The one that says 2,200% APY. Yeah. Um, what, <laughs> who and when did that start? So obviously that, that's an astronomical amount of 
um, return on your pool or staking and fees back. And, you know, I can just show you, I, you know, I, I think I staked this 30 minutes ago, mm -hmm. 45 minutes ago. Um, and it's, it's brought a return of $4 and, and like 50 cents here um, in, in 45 minutes. No staking, unless you're staking hundreds of thousands of dollars, which this is not, um, you know, $4.50, you know, that's going to average out to probably over $107. I mean, yeah, the returns on this is pretty incredible. Um, Value DeFi, it launched on the 20, February 22nd. Yeah, so so they actually migrated over to the Binance Smart Chain um, on February 22nd. Okay. Yeah, so this is kind of a new venture. Um, you know, the price could go up or down. I will tell you that BSwap, uh, you know, when we first got into it was uh, more than double or around double that. Uh, so, you know, you got to kind of watch out for that BSwap price because anytime you do um, a staking pool where you're staking two coins, and I'm not going to get into how to explain it. I don't think I probably could, but there's high valuation of losing money if one of the coins drops down and the other one, you know, even if the other one goes up, you're still, uh, you could take losses. So you got to, you know, do your research, look at it, but great valuation so far. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I agree hundred percent with Brad is that, you know, we're definitely not, you know, financial advisors, but, it, but it is worth looking at. And um, I think it would be, I think it's worth mentioning to the viewers that, you know, it's certainly if you're looking for some sort of farming or staking, mm -hmm. absolutely um, take a look at this. Yeah, something worth looking at 100%. Um, it's great. It's brought some great valuation to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm in it for the ride here. Um, but yeah, good, good call out on that one. Uh, and do that's, anything else? No, and I think that's it for me this week. All right. So that will wrap us up for the week, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out us here at the Crypto Effect with me, Brad, and Warren. I appreciate you guys. Leave a comment and hit a like. Uh, and yeah, subscribe. I always forget to mention that. Guys, thank you so much. I'll see you next week. See you later, guys.